This is Meg Tilton at the ACAL Life, episode number 41, Growing a Christ-Centered Home. This is the ACAL Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody, this week. It is a beautiful day here in St. Louis. It's absolutely gorgeous. The sun is shining. The weather is warm, but not too warm, which is really important for me (laughs) to enjoy it. And there were just birds singing outside. It's just gorgeous. I'm recording this a little bit later in the day, and I ate my lunch outside on the deck, and it was just heaven. So I hope it's nice weather wherever you are or that it is coming soon. So I have loved this past month of being able to talk about making our house a home. And I really do think that there are so many ways about to go about making your house a home. And that as we grow and develop as individuals, so will our home. So I don't want anybody to be discouraged if you come away from some of these podcasts thinking, well, my house is never going to be clean. It's never going to be cute. Just act as if your house is actually a living, breathing thing, because I think in a lot of ways it is. And so it just takes time. It takes energy and effort, and it will develop as long as we keep working at it. We can have a goal for our home and we should always be striving for that. So I don't want anybody to come away discouraged. It is, these are just podcasts to help you if you're kind of stuck or if you don't know where to start and just start somewhere. That's the best place to start. And you know where that best place is. So kind of do an inventory and look at that in your life. So while I think that home decor is super fun And I love talking about it. And of course, I wish that I had a spotless house. I really think the number one thing that makes a house a home is having our Savior Jesus Christ as the center of it. Um, In this last conference, I was sad to see Sister Bonnie Oscarson released as the General Young Women's President because I know her personally, but I was grateful for her service. And in researching for this talk, I came across a great quote of hers that I think really encapsulates what it means to have a Christ-centered home and the importance of it. She said, quote, Let us defend the home as a place which is second only to the temple in holiness, end quote. So I want you to ask yourself if you feel your home is a holy place. If we consider the temple to be God's house here on earth, If our homes are only second to the temple, that means that we should be constantly striving to make a place where God also can dwell within the walls of our individual homes. So recently in our Relief Society, we were talking about the blessings of going to the temple. And one sister brought up that while she faithfully attends the temple, she rarely has overwhelming peace or spiritual experiences within the temple. And I really appreciated her sharing this because I feel the same way. I go to the temple 
I've been had a goal to go once a month and I've met that goal so far this year. But while I'm in the temple, it's not like I have these great revelatory experiences or I feel this overwhelming peace. I do feel peace and I do feel grateful to be there, but I don't have time to sit there for endless hours and wait for revelation. So I really did appreciate her saying this. And when she talked about it, it reminded me of something that I had read by Sister Okazaki, who was a former member of the Generally Society Presidency, when she once said, to, essentially, that she had the same feelings, that she would go to the temple and she didn't feel overwhelming peace or answers, but that as she participated in temple or ordinances, those directly contributed to her being able to have spiritual experiences as she went and lived her everyday life. And I have found the same to be true for me as well. And so as a mother, this thought really makes me take a step back and ponder if my home is a place where everyone who enters my home, especially my husband and my children, that it's a place where they feel loved and accepted and free to be themselves so that they have the necessary strength when they are away from our home to make good choices and to feel peace and love and the spirit in their lives, wherever they may be. And I think that that is the real power of having a Christ-centered, holier home is that then we extend that feeling and that blessing to our family members and all who enter and then leave in their life after they leave our home. So I don't want you to feel like that if your house isn't holy all the time, or if that you're not having these spiritual experiences all the time in your home, that that's doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. I think if we're constantly growing and trying to focus and striving for a, a Christ-centered home and to have a holier home, that in and of itself is going to give us the strength that we need as we go out into the world, because our home should be a shelter and a haven and a safe place to come and rest from the trials of the world. And I just think that that's a beautiful visual image for me. So I've come up with five things that I think can kind of help us become more Christ-centered in how we have our homes and our homes becoming a more holier place. And they are definitely not all of the ideas and because there are endless ideas on how to make a home a Christ-centered home and I really tried to think of ones that weren't so primary-ish <laughs> but my first one totally is because I really do feel like this number one thing is the number one thing that we can do to make our house a Christ-centered home and that is daily scripture study and prayer daily family scripture study and prayer. So I know that that is kind of primary-ish, but it is true. And I have to really give the credit for this one in our home to my husband, Dr. Tilton. And he has been the real driver for this happening. And he pushes for it on a daily basis. Uh, so much so that my kids will even say, hey, we didn't have scripture study and prayer. It's become such a habit. And I want to be clear that our scripture study and prayer is nothing grand. And most days it's not super easy to do because people are tired and they bicker and there's just things going on. And it often appears that my children are not listening to what is going on. 
But as the years have gone on, I have started to gain evidence that they are listening. I've seen them in situations outside of our home where our children will answer questions or make comments that make me realize, yep, they've been listening. And I've also started to notice that my children are starting to say more meaningful prayers. And whether they recognize it on a conscious level or not, I can sense that they know that there is power in prayers and they are using that and bringing that power into their lives. Now, on a very personal level, I am so grateful for daily scripture study and prayer in my own life. And it has helped me tremendously as a mother and wife. It makes a huge difference. I have more patience. I am able to listen to promptings more easily, and I actually have physical strength to get everything done that I need. I'm not perfect by any means, but I have seen the evidence there that I continually strive to do it daily. And I fall short a lot of times, and that's okay. I just pick up the next day and keep going. So that's number one, daily family scripture study and prayer, if we can get nothing else in. Number two, have the missionaries in your home. I grew up in the mission field. I grew up in Minnesota and New Jersey. And while my dad wasn't a member, my mom was very faithful in having the missionaries over regularly in our home to have dinner. And it made such a difference for me. It really sparked the desire for me to want to go on a mission. Sparked, I think, the desire for my brother to want to go on a mission. And so I make that a priority in our life to have the missionaries at least once a month over for dinner. And let me tell you, it is rarely convenient. I, it usually ends up being a day that ends up being crazy, but I'm always glad that I put in the effort and having the missionaries in our home has been such a great example for our children. And it brings the spirit in a way that few others can. And This is just a little side note. The missionaries are great guinea pigs to try out new recipes on. So they can't complain, right? They're 18. I guess they could complain, but they're 18, 19, and oh, well, I'm feeding you a free dinner. So anyway, try and really have the missionaries in your home at least once a month. It will make such a difference in the way that your home feels. Okay, number three, monitor your media. This is a huge one. I recently rented a movie that several of friends had recommended and I was watching it with my kids and I was shocked at the language and I actually ended up turning it off even before we were halfway through and my kids were upset with me, but I knew it was not worth us watching. It just wasn't worth it. It wasn't like this great, you know, profound movie in any way. And I think we talk a lot about kind of shielding and protecting ourselves from and our children from pornography. And that is something I definitely think that we need to monitor against. But there are a lot of other things in our media that can drive the spirit away if we are not careful. So I want you to ask yourself, do the shows that you watch adhere to church doctrine and invite the spirit? Does the music that you maybe play while you're doing dishes have uplifting and wholesome lyrics? And do the times in which you watch sports or other media help us keep the Sabbath day holy? We have a rule. We don't watch sports on Sunday in our house. That's just a rule that the Tiltons have. And it's one that I'm really glad about. 
Um, we do watch movies, but we try and make them church appropriate movies. And I've just recently, because we're meeting at one o'clock, we have the whole morning. I've started telling my kids, you can't get on the computer. You can't watch a movie. You can't do anything before church. So if we come home and we have dinner and we're not doing anything that night, then we'll maybe put on a movie and watch it as a family. But we kind of, I'm really starting to limit that because I think it's really important to set up the Sabbath day to make it holy, to kind of take that deep breath, like, and relax from the worldly cares. That is what the Sabbath is meant for. And I think that media, while it's awesome and there are so many good things, and I think there's great media that we can share on Sundays. I'm not saying you should go media free. We just need to be careful on what the media is. And I even have to check myself too um, on what I am watching. And I'm going to try and be better about that. And I just want you to ask yourself and kind of reflect if this kind of is grading you the wrong way, is that would you ever imagine one of your grown children when they're grown and older coming back and being super upset with you because you didn't let them watch certain movies or engage in other potentially harmful media? I don't think so. I don't think anybody would ever have somebody come and complain about that. And so I think it's really worth it to keep it out of our homes, the media that is not appropriate, and then also media that is Sunday appropriate. I think that that is really important too. And everybody's going to have a different definition of that. But I think that you should really look at that and see if what is going on in your home is conducive to the spirit. Would you want the bishop to come in? Would you want the stake president to come in? Would you want the savior to come in? And I know I don't always really like that kind of an answer, like question, but I think it is something that on occasion we need to ask ourselves. Okay, number four, make general conference a special weekend. I love general conference, but I'm an adult. My kids don't super like it. But we live in a day and age where we can stream the prophets and apostles' teachings right into our homes. We don't have to travel all the way to Salt Lake City. We don't even have to go to the church building anymore if if we don't want to. So I don't think we can really get any easier on being able to have this amazing spirit-filled weekend in our homes. So we really try to make that weekend a family only weekend. Like I won't let my children have play dates. They don't do sporting activities. We don't do really anything. We might have a dinner with somebody else like after on Sunday, but we really try and keep that a family gospel centered weekend. And it's not easy. My kids don't really like it. There's usually a lot of bickering. I have to bribe with a lot of candy. I'm not going to joke. But I really do think that if we keep those two weekends, it's just two weekends out of the year, super sacred and family focused, that it will make a huge difference in our lives. And I can attest to how important this weekend is because of all the hard things that seem to come up for our family on that weekend. And I think that Satan does his best to create contention and distractions and other issues to come up during that weekend. But I truly believe that God will honor your efforts and my efforts as we bless our homes and we listen and make the effort to listen to our prophet, apostles, and other leaders of the church. So that's number four. Number five, 
make priesthood blessings something that can and should be asked for. So just yesterday, my little four-year-old was not feeling well after church, and she on her own asked my husband for a blessing. I have seen several of my children ask for blessings when they have not felt well. And I just think this is such a gift for my children. And I am so grateful for my husband that he is worthy and that he can give those blessings. And I just think we need to make sure that our children know that they can ask for those blessings anytime and that it is something that is there to help them and help them in their lives with any issues that they may be facing. Like right now, of course, my kids really want them when they don't feel well, but I need to start teaching them and, you know, telling them that if they're having a hard time with school or with friends or with any other issue in their life, that they can always ask for a father's priesthood blessing or a blessing from any priesthood holder for that matter. If you don't have the priesthood in your home, that is definitely a gift that we have as members of the church that I think we should access much more. And as we access that, it brings that spirit into our home. So those are the five that I have for you. We'll just review them really fast. The first one, daily scripture study and prayer. Make it a habit and you will be blessed. Number two, have the missionaries in your home. They're great young men. They need to be fed and your kids need to see their examples. Number three, monitor your media. That is super important and it doesn't just have to do with pornography. It has to do with a lot of other things too. So make sure that the media you have in your home is wholesome and uplifting. Number four, make General Conference a special weekend. It'll make such a difference and it will teach your children that those things are important, that listening to the prophet is the most important thing that they could be doing in their life at that time. And number five, make priesthood blessings something that can and should be asked for, because that is how our children will come to learn the true meaning and power of the priesthood in their individual lives. And I know as we do all of these things, that the spirit in our homes will increase and we will continue to be able to make it more of a Christ-centered home. Like I said at the beginning, there are endless ways to make our home more Christ-centered and holy. And I really think that the key is to be listening to the Spirit and to be praying for ways it can happen in our individual homes. And as parents, God wants us to succeed in raising our children in the ways He wants them to be raised. And how nice to know that the means of doing it are available to all of us and that we cannot fail if we are truly trying. And I think that one of the ways that we succeed as parents especially is to focus on the Savior and the gospel teachings on a regular basis in our home. So that wraps up the month of April, and I am very excited to jump into May because of just what I just said about raising our children that we cannot fail. And I'm going to focus the whole month of May on motherhood. It is going to be amazing. I cannot wait to share with you so many great things that I have learned, especially as I've been coaching other women about motherhood and some misconceptions that we often have and kind of my own take on motherhood. I'm not perfect by any means. You can ask any of my children. I'm sure they would gladly list all of my failings and shortcomings for each of you. But I um, do have some things that I think can really help all of us become better mothers and do that better. And also to realize that we're doing it 
just fine the way we're doing it. So I hope you tune in for next week. And also this coming Sunday is the first Sunday of the month. So we will have a new episode of a cup of Joel and you won't want to miss that. That's going to be awesome. And so I will see you next week. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.